Welcome to Always Real Talk. I'm Kwame Brown. You can't turn on a computer, radio, or TV without hearing about a public health issue. I mean, public health affects our lives and the lives of our families in more ways than most Americans know. So we here at Always Real Talk are introducing our public health segment. This segment is designed to have public health experts educate and give advice on solutions on how to deal with certain segments of public health. Erica Ahmed, who is a public health expert with over 20 years of experience in providing health education and health prevention services, including technical assistance and grant monitoring in health departments in Washington, D.C., New York, and yes, Atlanta, Georgia, to address and reduce health disparities in vulnerable populations. She has an extensive knowledge of methods, processes, and techniques used to develop and deliver public health programs that make a difference in the lives of our families. I'm glad to have in the studio with us today, Erica Mid. Well, Erica, welcome to Always Real Talk Healthcare segment. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. I love the show. Hey, well, look, thank you so much. We really appreciate you having the opportunity to stop by, having the opportunity to really talk about public health as an expert in the field for well over 20 years. I mean, you're one of the top experts in the region. I know it, you know, you blocked off your schedule to come in and to start talking and hosting a segment on public health for us. Yes. Walk me through, when you talk about public health, what, what is that? Yeah, so public health, a lot of times we use it interchangeably with health care, but it's different. Public health is really the art and science of preventing disease and injury in communities and population. So when you start talking about public health in this region, mm -hmm. right, it, it, it gets broad. It could be a lot of different things as you talk about public I mean, as guys, we talk about public health. I run, and when we say health, it's exercise and eat, right? Right. So the older I get, the more it changes, right? right? At first it was like, don't drink as much. And then it was, oh, don't eat as much. Then right. it was, don't eat red meat. Then it was, become a vegan. Now right. everyone's saying, oh, let's, let's eat plants. Right. right? I mean, <laughs> but it's broader than that. Sure, absolutely. And, and what, is your, what, what do you see, what are you hearing? You know, what are you hearing out there as it relates to public health here in this region? Well, in this region, um, we have, um, I'd say, several public health issues that we ought to be concerned about. Maternal health, for sure. Um, D.C. is very ranks very low in terms of um, quality of care and quality of life for women that are pregnant, particularly for um, black women that are, preg that are pregnant. So when you start talking about maternal um, you call it maternal. Maternal health. I want to uh -huh. get the technical maternal term. Maternal health and maternal, under the maternal large maternal health. Health. birth equity. Yes. Yeah, mm -hmm. birth equity. And this is something I think we've all noticed. We've all witnessed. We've we've saw Serena Williams yes. go through some of the similar that similar situations. A lot of people were saying, I don't know why she's you know she didn't come back. She's not working hard enough. They don't realize that you know she almost died. Yes. I mean that was a very serious situation, and then to come off of that and still win. Incredible. Like, Absolutely incredible, but it's alarming to the African-American women, yes. especially and in this region. Is absolutely, that and the message there was that money is not a buffer, but race is a risk factor. And why is race a risk factor? Because there are, there's there's um, inequality and, and inequity sometimes built into the healthcare system. So do you have access to good quality doctors? Do you have access to quality food? Um, do you have access to good information? Um, when in the case of, of Serena, when she said, listen, you know, she was advocating for herself. She was saying this is what happens. This is what needs to be done. She almost almost rendered voiceless. Right. And it's, and it's interesting you say that because you start talking about the things that actually cause. Yes. Right. You don't people don't know what it actually is, but there are a number of things. That there are risk leak, factors. The risk factors yes. lead up. One being your economic status. Yes. Right. And we just we just heard in The Washington Post 
uh, today. They came out and said that African-Americans in the District of Columbia over the last 10, I think 10 or 15 years, have lost in terms of the medium income. It's yes. gone down. Yes. In a city that's booming, in a city that has all the economic development, it's the city that's supposed to be the, the, the fastest, one of the fastest growing cities, the richest, one of the richest cities, African-Americans are losing. Absolutely, Point blank, yes. right? Mm -hmm. And we'll talk more about that mm -hmm. in, our, in our up and coming shows, but and if they're losing economically, then you and I know if you don't have a job or if your job is paying you less, or if you have less benefits, then you have less access to health care. Exactly. But again, like I said with Serena, um, money, socioeconomic status, SES, was not, it's not a protective factor for black women. But it is. Well, it's not, right? right. Black women, it, it could happen. Yeah. But the question is, if in fact you do have health care, if in yes. fact you do have resources, then you're able you're to better position, position to deal with it once it hits Healthcare. you. Again, with public health, it's really about um, preventing disease and injury among communities and populations, so large groups of people, whereas healthcare really focuses on the individual, and it's really about um, disease, disability, and death. So it's an individual, you know, sort of um, model of care versus a public health theoretical model that focuses on population and prevention. Prevention. So are, are we more focused as a country and especially as a region on health care as opposed, as opposed to public health? Well, I think we do a pretty good job here of trying to marry them. Nationally, I think there's still a disconnect, but I think that um, here we've done a pretty, we're doing a good job. Okay. There's still a long way to go to marry those two entities. To marry and a lot of times what people will say is, you know, they don't want to put money into prevention or we don't know if prevention is really cost effective. So, but there has been a community of people that have been talking about this and this momentum has been building that prevention is really, really critical. You know, it's interesting. Every time we talk about prevention on anything, you know, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a group that says, I don't know, we were just wasting money. Right, exactly, right? exactly. Say so, but then when, when it really hits, when we really have an epidemic, right. then we say, well, how come we didn't prevent it? And they're like, oh, we're going to put more money in prevention. It only comes after it's an epidemic. After the that's, fact, exactly. After the fact. That's what exactly. I've kind of noticed. Yeah. Um, and that's with community-level violence. That's with um, preparing for natural disasters. All this is about prevention. Like, you know, we understand the forecast. We know what's coming in terms of health or, you know, like I said, a natural disaster. But it's all about getting upstream and putting those things, money, resources in place to prevent it, or at least if it's coming to mitigate the impact. And what are statistics, what is that telling us here for this region as it relates to public health, as it relates to, you know, community, uh, which you just laid out, mm -hmm. right? What, what is it? What is that? What is it telling us? In what terms is, of prevention, what are, what are studies telling us now? We need to invest more in prevention. We really do. We really need to look at how we can use those dollars to prevent, whether it's again community level violence, where you're looking at teen pregnancy, um, preparing for the next, if it's you know coronavirus, whatever the next outbreak is here. Well, the coronavirus is here. It's here. It's, it's not here. the next one. But, right. here. but you can always mitigate it. Like if ten people have it, how do you stop it from going to a thousand people? And that's really where public health takes a much deeper dive. And we look at things like the um, epidemiological profiles we look at disease surveillance we look at who actually has disease and how can we stop or mitigate them from um, infecting or transmitting it to other people and that's where public health really has a different lens as opposed to healthcare. care healthcare. and yeah. right now we're really in that lens of public health as it yes. relates to the current you know uh, disease that's out here right absolutely we're seeing it firsthand right exactly um, but some of those things aren't just preventable Right. What's right. preventable is ability to spread. 
Well, exactly, right? exactly. Right. So, I mean, prevention can be, it can be um, primary prevention, secondary, or tertiary prevention. There are three different levels of prevention. So, obviously, you want to have primary prevention, but if not, you want to be able to intervene to just, again, mitigate, you know, disability, death, or, you know, the spread of the infection. Marriage between public health and healthcare is happening more. So, more now, more times you'll go to a doctor now and he'll say, they'll offer you screenings. And that is one of the hallmarks of prevention and public health is screening if it's for colorectal cancer or HIV or what have you. Mm -hmm. So those conversations now are becoming much more embedded in the conversations that we're having with our providers. Oh, no, absolutely. I mean, when you talk about screening and you yes. talk about prevention, it, it was interesting. My buddy just called me. He, he's in the health profession. Mm -hmm. works at one of the hospitals, and he said he had a friend. And then one of his friends, they was talking to him. He was 49 years old, and they were telling him, you need to go get your colonopsy. And he was like, oh, yeah, yeah. And he's like, tell him again, you should, you know, go get it checked out. Uh -huh. And, you know, for men, we were like, whoa, whoa. <laughs> I feel good. Right. I ran today. Right. I feel pretty good. And finally, he did. Okay. And when he did, he found out that he had stage one. Wow cancer yeah and he was able to now deal with it and start to deal with it now but if he never would have gone right he would have been in a bad situation exactly and too many of us are in that situation so I'm hoping that if our listeners if you're listening and you hear us talking you know, we, you know go get checked if you haven't had your checkups as you yeah. say if you haven't screenings, had your screenings yeah. mm -hmm. go get your screenings Absolutely. if you're a woman encourage your male friend if you're a male encourage your woman friend we all need to have more dialogue and conversation yes. uh, about that. I agree. And to that end, if I, can add, if I can add as well, at the community level, there's a way that you can actually screen at the community level. And so walk me through, what, what does that mean? So one of the examples I wanted to give is community level violence, something that impacts not just the D.C. area, but all across this nation, there are communities grappling with violence. So from a public health perspective, what we do is we go in and we talk to members of the community. We find out what's going on. We try to figure out, was this an isolated incident? Was this a one-off? Um, what are some of the factors that can contribute to this? From a healthcare perspective, they go in, the person that's been shot or wounded, they provide them with care and treatment and that's it. We are, again, through the public health lens, we're focused on the population and the community. How can we prevent this from happening again? So is that social workers? mental health professionals, community activists, community and, and activists. simply gatekeepers of the community. People, you know, these are all stakeholders. All the people yeah. you name are stakeholders. They all have a vested interest in making sure that the community is safe. Okay. Remember, public health is all about prevent, preventing disease and injury. Now, we always say that, but it's always interesting to see how much resources we put at the front side of it, right? Absolutely, yeah. And, you know, that's what gets me. We, we put in, we put resources once there's an once epidemic. Once something happens, right. Then there's a, oh, we got to spend more money. But when you go to spend more money, oh, we're going to cut that. We're doing, we're doing good. Right. We're, doing, <laughs> we're good doing it. Nobody's talking about it. Right. Um, so I, I got that. What is the, what is the, what determines the health of a population? Because you, you hear that. What determines the health of a population? Yeah, there are many variables, and you know, some people will attribute it to to genetics or biology or environment. A big chunk of that is something that's called the social determinants of health. And that speaks to, again, um, the quality of schools that are in the neighborhood. Is there green space in the neighborhood? Can I just walk around? Am I safe in this neighborhood? Um, is there a grocery store in my neighborhood or do I live in a food desert? How far is the local hospital? You know, if I call 911, do they come? Things like that. Well, wow, you just laid out. You know, I live in Ward 7 here in Washington, D.C. Mm -hmm. So the things you just laid out, I, I you know, I, I, I was like, whoa. <laughs> it felt personal. It felt real personal. <laughs> we talk about a hospital, zero. Right. None. Right. When you start talking about, you know, food desert, hey, it's a food desert, right? 
But you start talking about, you know, the income and the quality, crime of, and quality of schools. I mean, that, that really hit me. Yeah. Wow. So there's something that we always say in public health, and that is that your zip code is more important than your genetic code. And that really speaks to, again, the social determinants of health. What's in your community and what's not in your community is more important than what you're, what you're born with. So your zip code is more important than, than your, your genetic code. Right. Wow. What do you think public health is going over the next five to seven years? I think public health now is really uh, realizes the importance of the social determinants of health, and that is being integrated into when they're assessing communities and people. Yeah, social determinants of health now are being integrated into public health in the healthcare system. You're no longer just gonna have a patient come in and ask them some very generic questions on the sheet of paper. You have to find out not just where do they live, you have to find out what, you know, what they ate the last 24 hours. Did they eat the last 24 hours? Who lives with them in their household? Mm -hmm. um, you know, who else has chronic diseases? You have to get the, a, a full picture of the person to understand how you will help them. What's amazing that it all goes together, right? Absolutely. You start talking about the, if you look at the social ills that plague our community yes. in certain areas, and you talk about the, the health disparities, then you're going to come to talk about how that population is affected from a public health standpoint. Right, exactly. That's something we've been fighting for, you know, ever since I was a kid. Exactly, exactly. And, you know, given what just came out in the Washington Post, if your median income is down in, to, uh, within an African-American community, it's like we're going backwards. Exactly, you know, exactly. I think at some point we need to stop acting like things are better. You know, so so much in our community. Like, for some, because for some there are. Well, we say know? it's better. Yeah. Oh, nobody wants to say, we won't say it's bad. You know, it's, it's better. It's, yeah. No, it's getting better. It's getting better. <laughs> it's getting better. Oh, it's getting better. No, well, guess what? It's not getting better. Exactly. Right? It looks like it's getting better. Exactly. Right? But when right. you start to look at the statistics, when you start looking at the studies. You start you drilling start, down. You start drilling down. Mm -hmm. We have to start. That's it. I'm committed to just be open transparent on what actually is taking place. Now you're going to be coming on and you're going to be spearheading the segment on public health. Yes. So what, what, can our, what can our viewers, what can they look at? Hey, this is going to be hot. We're going to have a hot show. It's going to be about public health and it's going to be the real, it's going to be real talk. So we're not yeah. going to cover, we're not going to sugarcoat it. We will, we're going to come out with the statistics. We're going to come out with the real numbers and tell us what they can expect. Going forward, we're going to, we're going to take a deeper dive on maternal health. We're going to talk about environmental health as well because sometimes that just means something different in communities in communities of color. Okay. And we're also going to talk about mental health. Well, there you go. Environmental health, mental health, and we're going to stay maternal. on maternal health. Yes. We're going to have experts in. Yes. Erica's going to really lay it out. Excited. Hey, we're excited to have you, one of the top experts in public health in the area. Hey, it's always perfect. Me. I love it.